Howdy, boys and girls, and welcome back to the Carlin Crappy Show. It is week seven of the college football season, sort of a, a halfway point in the uh, the 2018 college football season. Um, therefore, it is also the week seven of the Carlin Crappy Show, um, which uh, makes it pretty appropriate that I am I am crappy and 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 there's Carla. <laughs> don't, don't mind me. I'm the cats are running around the office, and I'm just I'm I'm a mess. And I, you're talking I'm, with your hands, and yeah. you're hitting microphones, and papers are flying all over the floor, and yeah, it's great. Just your typical, you know, typical taping night of hey, but we're back in the evening, so 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 cheers yes, to that. And there's beer. There's beer. Sweet beer. <laughs> uh, I am drinking a a lovely pastry stout, uh, Milton the Toaster, uh, from uh, Hitchhiker Brewing in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm very pleased with it. It's an appropriate thing, and I am hoping it's actually it is not it is not stout weather yet. It is still it was still 85 degrees here in Pittsburgh today. Mm. However. However, the weather is about to turn, and we're going to talk about that for, for one of these games. But I just uh, just to celebrate, I, I put on a fuzzy hat because it, I'm really stoked about this. They are threatening that we're actually going to see fall this weekend, and Sweet. I'm very I'm very excited about that. Like highs in the upper 60s, low 70s. That's fall in Nashville, and I will take it. Okay, Your birthday's, my birthday's Friday. We're actually going to go to um uh, we're, we're spending the weekend in a cabin outside. Of uh, the uh, outside of Athens, um, at the high university where we went to school. Nice. And there are, they're like on Saturday night, the temperature could be down into the upper 30s, which I, I am so stoked about this. Kelly's, <laughs> um, Kelly may not be quite as much. She's like, oh, I hope the cabin's heating system is nice. But we can do that too. Um, but anyway, finally, after sweltering through a football game in Columbus on Saturday, we're going to have some fall weather, and I'm so um, And that's and that's appropriate. That the, the timing here. Um, I, I thought uh, you know, we're finally going to get fall weather. Finally, get football weather. So now that we're halfway through the football season, this is finally going to happen. Um, and th that is also at an opportune moment to maybe take a look at um, and, and see if if um, we have one thing that stands out from the first half. Of the 2018 season, so Carla, I'm gonna I'm gonna pose that uh, question to you and and, and let you uh, let you take it first. Okay, um, so I'm gonna combine um, a look at the first half of the season with something that happened last week. My one thing is actually kind of one big thing, and so I'm, sort of, that, I'm sort of doing the same thing actually. And so that good. is the Big Twelve is entertaining as hell, um, more so. Yeah. Yes. Then I think probably we gave credit for heading into the season. We kind of dismissed the Big 12 a little bit. There's a lot of turnover happening. Um, but, man, you've got a really good West Virginia team um, that's rocking and rolling. And I, I will go out on a limb. This is a hot take for somebody that is a Big Ten fangirl. Yeah. Oklahoma-Texas was the best football game so far this season on Saturday. It was, an, it was the first time all year that I watched a football game it kept it was gripping up until the very end mm -hmm. like literally the last play of the game there was tension there was you know it was back and forth and, and texas you know texas did what texas tends to do and let oklahoma back in the game late and you know it was it, it, somebody that has that, that used to cover the big 12 you know it was always the in what way will texas implode spectacularly this time <laughs> and you just kind of waited for it to happen yeah. and kudos to tom herman kudos to that coaching staff they held those kids together and they came back and they won that football game and that is such a huge huge win for that program um but now you have a big 12 that is kind of 
it, it, it's going to sort itself out, but it's going to be entertaining as heck coming down the stretch when you've got a good West Virginia team. And I mean, who the heck knew that the game we'd all have circled on our calendars is West Virginia, Texas on November 3rd. Sure. It, like, you know, all of a sudden, um, Oklahoma's still a great team. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma state's a little hit or miss. Um, Baylor is surprisingly kind of in this and that, and that was another one of my, my words of caution here is that Texas, if you're really back, you beat Baylor this week. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I mean, this is potentially a trap game, um, for them, even though they have a buy. Um, so the big 12 is going to be wildly entertaining. Is it going to get them into the playoff? I don't know. I think they they might beat each other up, but, um, is, but is West Virginia the only team in the, in the conference you think that's got a chance to get there? I, I, I obviously winning out, I, I think would, they, they would, they would have to. I, yeah, I think West Virginia has to win out for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think I'm not sure the committee would ever be able to overlook Texas's loss to Maryland. Yeah. I, I, that's I mean that's a big loss, and knowing how the committee has worked in past years, now it was a week one loss. So I will give them that. If Texas sure. runs the table, they might get in, depending on who their opponent is in the Big Twelve title game. Um, you know, if they have to beat West Virginia twice, mm -hmm. then by all means, put them in the playoff yeah. um, because that's yeah. a good West Virginia team. Um, so, and, and, and Oklahoma now has that loss to Texas. That might count them out. Oklahoma State already has two losses on the year, so that's not going to, you know, they're kind of yeah. already played themselves out. But they're competitive in every game that they're in. Like, it's just, it's just really, really entertaining. And more so than, than I expected, and I'm actually, like, paying attention to what's happening in the Big 12. So okay. I think that's my first big thing for the okay. first half of the season. Okay. Um, naturally, I'm going to take the opportunity for the, the, the halfway point to do a sort of state of the union address of things what's going on in Columbus, which, and, and it's, it's tempting to, um, especially if you're my father, uh, it was tempting to look at the, the team's performance against Indiana last weekend. It's like, Oh my God, it's terrible. Um, my, I, my dad is ready to, you know, the uh, torches and pitchforks and ready to run Greg Schiano out of, out of Columbus. Um, and I, and I told him, it's like, it's okay. That's Indiana. It's Indiana. Um, they, you know, it's a good offense. We, we, there's no question. We have young defensive backs. Um, it's uh, and and you know, the, the the team adjusted and improved during the game. You know, they would uh, after a very rough first half, I would say closed the game uh, twenty-one to six in the second half. That's 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 a nice way to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and Indiana's just, I mean, they just they just do that recently. They've given us fits. Um, uh, you know, going back to the uh, the 2012 season, the final score of that game that that might have been the tightest game that Ohio State played that entire year. The yep. final score of that game was 52 to 49. Um, you know, <laughs> last year, last year, and I mentioned this before, last year Ohio State uh, opened the season in Bloomington, and we're losing at halftime. So mm -hmm. it's like this is this is it, it's what Indiana does. It, you know, it's not a, it's not not a huge thing, and we and we we finished the game off. Um, the bigger thing. Is it I? I really like where Ohio State sits right now. Um, undefeated, obviously, very big deal. They will be favored the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think in, in each of their game, uh, they've already kind of overcome uh, the the the, the, uh, the post big game letdown thing. Last year, that was that was beating Penn State uh, in Columbus. Very next weekend was the game in Iowa. And right. Then, uh, we've had we have two of those big games. This year, um, I guess you could call Tulane a letdown because Ohio State didn't score fifty. Mm -hmm. um, and then last weekend, you know, was the was the potential for a letdown after after the Penn State win. And it's like, well, okay, 
if you're comparing year to year, boy, we've the Ohio State's really stepped up um, in, in the time that it it, uh, it got thumped at Iowa uh, mm -hmm. last November. Um, you know, the back end of the defense, yes, it is shaky. They are young, but they're going to get better with every game, and they're not really going to get. Um, I don't think they face a really big test, specifically the secondary. Maybe not until the Michigan game. Um, I, I think the team itself will be tested uh, when we go to East Lansing in November, um, regardless of what 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 Sparty has done or, or will do in the interim. Um, that that's going to be a tough game because it always is. Um, the defense might be helped by uh, getting Nick Bosa back sometime in November. You still still don't know a definite thing about that, but it's a possibility. And the offense, which has been pretty good. Uh -huh. Um, that they're they're going to improve as well. Um, I'm not ready to predict anything. Um, but I I just I I like I like how this sets up. Um, and so I'm I'm excited for the the next six games of the season. And uh, you know, for my my Ohio State fandom, and we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, before we hit our games that we're going to talk about, and we've got three doozies. Um. We have two doozies and one that we're pretty much begging, I think, actually, if we're being honest. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to let AJ talk about what's going on on the West Coast uh, for his Pac-12 After Dark or uh, mid-afternoon. I'm not sure what they're calling it this weekend. AJ, explain. Hey, everybody. It's your old buddy, AJ, and we're going to do yet another uh, Pac-12 After Dark report. Uh, a lot of this, uh, there's, there's a bit of Mountain West a bit of Pac-12. It's actually a very good week. Uh, last week, not so great. Um, there just wasn't – last week was a really bad week in terms of uh, Pac-12 football just did not play any after-dark games. We're not going to talk about the one they did play. Um, it, it's been uh, – it's actually been an okay year, and it's uh, coming out to be uh, – you're not – by the way, Pac-12, you're not getting a team in the playoff. You're just not. Washington ain't making the playoff. So – this is all for fun and games and, and uh, uh, no profit. Obviously not. We wouldn't profit off of this. But let's get into what really matters, and that's Saturday. By the way, 3.30 on Saturday, Washington uh, plays Oregon. That is not an after-dark game. That is very much a 12.30 game for both of those teams. That game is in Autzen. Uh, it's a home game for Oregon, for those of you who do not know the name of the stadium. Um, that game is going to be fun. Just super fun. Jake Browning and Justin Herbert are great quarterbacks. Um, I'm interested to see how Oregon plays uh, with the Washington defensive line. Although, you know, we've been talking about how Washington doesn't, you know, has this really great defense. They give up 24 to UCLA, y'all. So either Chip Kelly's starting to figure things out or something done went wrong. Um, I'll go with the latter. And uh, th that that's a kind of interesting thing, and I'm interested to see if there's any anything that you know Oregon kind of picked up from that game that a more talented and put together team can kind of exploit. But just pointing this out, if Oregon wins this game, Pac-12 is not getting anybody into the playoff. They're just not. Um, so if the Pac-12 really wants a team in the playoff, or at least wants a team to have a shot at the playoff. They need Washington to win and get in. Uh, the problem is Washington's single loss this season so far has been uh, a not very good Auburn team, a d dirty, rotten, no good Auburn team. <laughs> so there's there's a that's a problem for them. Uh, that's not to say that if you have a loss to a not very good team, you can't get into the playoffs and win the national title in 2014. But 
it, it certainly doesn't help your case, especially when there are very, very, very good teams um, from out from the conference. I don't I don't think that if Georgia runs the table and the, their only loss is the SEC championship, that that would potentially put them out. Um, same goes for Alabama. I mean, that's what happened last year. We got Alabama, Georgia in the title game. You know, nobody wants the SEC chance again, but. These are the sorts of things. Washington doesn't get a ton of good looks on television. This is going to be one of them. So I, I expect Washington to come out and play. Uh, I hope Oregon keeps it tight, but I do think Washington wins the game. Uh, if we move on to proper Pac-12 after dark hours, it's Colorado and USC, Shrug. Um, in case you didn't know, Colorado's 5-0. and I want to say that again. Colorado is 5-0. They're ranked. They are the ranked team in this game. USC is not ranked. Um, they're fa- they head to the Coliseum to face USC. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. Colorado is 5-0 and ranked, but they have not played anybody. The best team they've played this year is UCLA, and UCLA is not good. Um they had a fairly easy schedule on the front end, so Colorado potentially wins this game. They go to six and zero, and they're bowl eligible. Um, they they do play a a very fun uh they do play very fun football, uh but they again even a bad USC team is better than the teams that they've played on the schedule, so I think. I think this is where Colorado gets tripped up. I think this might be where USC gets their season back on track. Um, it's in the Coliseum. I, I don't believe that USC necessarily has like a, a home crowd that just destroys other teams, but um, I, I think this is this is going to be a this is going to be a much tougher game for Colorado than they've pretty much faced all year. Uh, let's get to the Mountain West, though. Give me that. Give me that sweet sweet Mountain West. Same time, Wyoming, Fresno State. Uh, Fresno's four and one surprise, and they look awesome. Uh, Wyoming took Hawaii to the wire last week. They're pesky, even though they're two and four. Uh, that said, Hawaii did not have uh, Colt McDonald last week. Uh, Cole McDonald, sorry, I said Colt McDonald. Uh, Cole McDonald last week. They didn't have him, though. They did bring out uh, somebody in his uniform wearing the play chart as a distraction quarterback. That's the sort of games. That's the sort of gamesmanship that we're up to. We're bringing out distraction quarterbacks and decoy quarterbacks. Um, Wyoming's pesky. I think Fresno handles them, but that's a, that's a pesky game. And it, do not be surprised when you look at like the scoreboard in the second quarter, and you see Wyoming within a touchdown. Don't be surprised there. That's where you turn the game on. You this it either happens and Wyoming takes the lead, or they start to build a lead, or Fresno State pulls away. That's what will happen in this game. Uh, and finally, Boise State, Nevada. Um, Boise, what what happened? You beat Oklahoma State. Everybody was on board. Murder Smurfs till the end. And then you laid an egg in the, what I like to refer to as the annual Boise brain fart game where you forget your Boise State and you just, just nothing's working. Just nothing works. Brett Rippon had an absolutely trash game. Is he hurt? Nope. Nope, he's fine. Um, he just had a really bad game last week, uh, and they lost. Uh, so they they need a game to get back on track. If they're going to take the Mountain West, as everybody expected them to this year, they need to get back on track. Nevada, 
having a little bit of a uh, an upswing year. They're not they're not do they're not leading uh, the uh, the Mountain Division, but they're certainly making moves there, and they're kind of in the middle of the pack. They're not completely out of it. They're kind of in the middle of the pack, and if they pick up a win here against Boise State, they can get right back into that race. Um, so it, it, it'll be an interesting game. Uh, both teams are actually playing for something. This, this, this could have very well been like a Boise is just trying to continue winning to get to the championship and, and maybe make a run of the playoff. Um, but yeah, this isn't a, this is a game to kind of get these two teams back on track. So stay up late, um, brew some coffee. Highly recommend uh, a single origin of some sort. Uh, get your get your French press out. Uh, this has been AJ, and uh, stay up late with me. Stay up late with me on Saturday and watch football. Later. Awesome, AJ. Thank you. Um, we go from the West Coast to the Midwest. What is probably the most midwestern of the Midwest? South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> um, for this week's installment of Oh God, would somebody just beat Notre Dame already? We have Pitt. At number five, Notre Dame. Uh, Pitt is unranked, by the way, if you hadn't caught that. Um, at number five, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is favored by 21 points. Um, and I'm sure we'll get to the point where, where we're going to explain why we're even thinking about this game. But Carla, I'll let you, I'll let you take away. I, th- I, I think you picked this game other than the, would God, would somebody please beat Notre Dame already? Just because you want to see if this Penn State fan will actually endorse a Pitt win. Um, that had not occurred to me, but... but- <laughs> Uh, you, that's a, that's a pretty entertaining aspect of this year. So, so yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so so yeah, so breaking down so breaking down this this pit uh, this pit team. Do I, I? It doesn't require much breaking down, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were blown up by by UCF and Penn State. Yes. Um, wins over Georgia Tech and Syracuse, decent wins. Um, but they were both really really close games. <laughs> um, and and they were just flat out blown out in in their in their losses. Um. Pitt's offense relies on the run. You know they're they're in the top forty in the nation in, in, in rush offense. That's that's something to hang your hat on. And that but, and that really made the difference in the game against Syracuse. I think settling on that part of the offense, yeah, uh, w- uh, w- was helpful. But Pitt hasn't faced a defense like this Notre Dame defense. And at the beginning of the year, we t- we talked that that we weren't convinced that Notre Dame's offense was was solid, but the defense was outstanding. Yes. Um, the game is in South Bend. I, I really, my, my, my heart says go Pitt, and I can't believe I'm saying that, but the best thing that Pitt has going for it is the fact that James Conner is starting for the Steelers right now and having a heck of a season in the NFL, so kudos yes. to you, James. That's, that's, that's an easy story to root for, um, yes. but yeah, it's, Pitt is not it to beat Notre Dame. Um, I can, we can cheer for, for, for uh, James Conner over Le'Veon Bell. Um, guys, do yourself a favor if you haven't if you haven't heard this or seen this before. Uh, look up Pittsburgh Deb talking about Le'Veon Bell. Uh, this was an interview uh, earlier in, in the NFL season uh, on on uh, the the ABC affiliate here in town, uh, WTAE. Um, it's it's priceless. It is absolutely priceless. You can't take it with you, Le'Veon. Um, okay, my uh, honestly, the only reason that I, I considered this game. Um, I, 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 oh, there, there's, a, there's a little bit of familiarity here. I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm in media in Pittsburgh. I, uh, so I can't, I, I'm, I'm sure I read stuff about the Panthers. I post stuff about the Panthers. Um, and they played literally just down the road from where I'm sitting right now. Um, Pitt 
is not a good football team this year. Um, they, as I said, they, they, they kind of hit on something against Syracuse and a little more emphasis on the ready game. Kenny Pickett's not a bad quarterback, but um, but that that seemed to be helpful, and, and, I, and it feels like it sort of made the difference against against a pretty good Syracuse team um, in, the, in the game that they won last weekend. One reason. There's one reason we're talking about this game, and that is because of a curious habit that Pitt has um, as because it's not it has not been a great team by any stretch of measure last last uh, few years, but it has this habit of winning one sometimes two games per season that it has no business yeah. being, even being competitive. Last year um, th there were two. I mean, there's a, a pit uh, a pit beat Duke mm -hmm. and Miami. The Miami game was actually was really stunning. Miami was on a roll. Um, they were I think they were top ten at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Pitt won that game handily. Uh, you might remember in 2016, uh, uh, Pitt beating Penn State. And then, and then the best example, same season, best example of this, um, when they beat, uh, they, they beat Clemson at yeah. Clemson. Right. Um, which I, I might, was, was that the, the birth of the term Clemsoning? Is that when they, they were to come up with that earlier? No, that was, that was ahead of that. Clemson, Clemson, even back when I was working, um, as okay. I, I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't sure, but uh, certainly it's one of, one of the finest examples of Clemson of, of all time. This is, if you look at Pitt's schedule, this is the logical time for the Panthers to do something stupid like beating the number five team in the country on the road. And I would be amazed. I would absolutely love it. Um, but it's not happening. It's not <laughs> Man, it, 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 no matter how much I want it, it's just, it's not. Uh, Notre Dame wins this one. Uh, next up, we have uh, number two, Georgia at number 13, LSU. Not a night game at LSU, which is, I think, unfortunate <sighs> for the Tigers. Uh, Georgia's is. favored by seven and a half. Um, what do you think? This is the beginning of a brutal stretch for Georgia. <laughs> you, um, yes. you know, I, I, I looked at the schedule here, and, the, you know, the next next games, they're at LSU this week, and they're lucky they get a bye, and that's that's actually a, a nicely timed bye because their next three games after that are home against Florida at Kentucky and home against Auburn. Eek. Okay. Um, okay. We're going to find out what this Georgia team is all about. Um, LSU is reeling after last week's kind of stunner in the swamp. Um, they just, they didn't get anything going on offense. And, and it's, it, you know, we talked about that in the show last week was whether the Florida defense could do enough to baffle um, Joe Burrow and, and the LSU offense to be able to hang close enough in the game. The answer was yes, because here we are, Florida, again, no offense, one trick play wins the football game. Um, yep. You know, it's, that seems to be the recipe for success for, for, for Florida. And until somebody figures out how to stop it, they're going to keep winning that way. Um, but, LSU needs a big win here. Here's the here's the thing that I kept looking at when I was looking at uh, you know I, I looked at all the numbers. Um, Georgia's defense is subst is substantially better than than most of the defenses that LSU has has faced this year. Mm -hmm. um, you know, heck, they're number two in scoring defense against and and Georgia's got a great offense. Um, although you know LSU's got a decent defense too. So you know, so I think I think Jake Fromm and the offense is going to take a little bit to to get going here. Um, Here's the thing. If you're looking at the bigger picture, mm -hmm. playoff-wise, Georgia cannot afford to lose this football game right. at all. Right. If they have any hope at all of making the playoff, because the, with, with Notre Dame sitting at five, Georgia has to be undefeated heading into the SEC title game mm -hmm. to be able to make the argument that a one-loss SEC team 
for either them or Alabama can get into the playoff, mm-hmm. assuming that Ohio State and Clemson do what they're supposed to do. With Notre Dame sitting at number five, they have to win this game. Um, because if they lose this game, then they're in trouble. Heading. Yeah. They're going to need some help to get into the playoff. They're going to yeah. need somebody to beat Notre Dame already. Um, or, or Clemson. We're trying, we're trying here. We're trying. I know. Or, or Clemson to do something silly, which is also possible. Um, <laughs> they almost did against Syracuse. Um, oh. Clemson to do something silly or, or, your, or your Buckeyes to do something silly, which I think is less likely um, than Clemson doing something silly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Georgia really, really, really needs to win this game. On paper, they are the better team. And the fact that this game is not at night. I'm going to give Georgia the edge in this game, but this is going to be a fun one to watch. I think this is going to be closer than, uh, you know, I think LSU is going to hang with them. Um, and I think it's going to be a really good game, but I think Georgia needs this win. I think Georgia is going to get it. Okay. Uh, uh, just a, an aside that I think that I noticed as always preparing for the show tonight. Um, and this speaks, I think, a little bit to uh, the, the perception of Georgia. Georgia, of course, is ranked number two uh, AP poll at this point. Um, I think I think in both the co- in the in the coaches poll as well, um, and, and in both the AP and the coaches poll, an interesting thing that I, I saw, um, the Alabama obviously gets the, the lion's share of the, the number one votes. Um, in both of those polls, Ohio State and Clemson, uh, you know, sitting at, at, at three and four, uh, sitting below Clemson, sitting below Georgia in the polls, are getting number one votes. Right. Georgia Georgia is not Georgia gets gets none. Um, a, a little thing, maybe, but um, but I think it kind of speaks to the the uh, the perception, and certainly it speaks to what what you mentioned about the the um, the necessity of Georgia having a really strong season uh, with, with Notre Dame sitting there and not really having any big potentially big challenges for the rest of the year. Um, I, the other you, you mentioned you mentioned Georgia's brutal schedule, and it absolutely is. Uh, this is the second week of an absolutely brutal stretch. A month, a month for LSU. Yeah. Uh, last week at Florida, Georgia. This week, Mississippi State and Alabama. Following weeks, and it's like, yeah, oh um, it, it makes me hyperventilate just thinking about that. And and really, I think the only thing that that LSU has going for it this weekend is that the Tigers are playing at home. Um, I, I've been I, I last weekend struggles. Uh, granted that that was uh, the, that was tough. I, I I like what Joe Burrow has done there, and and mm-hmm. I would I would say that if I if I'm not an Ohio State fan, kind of looking after a, a guy that uh, who's been with my program for a long time, um, he he might. If, I mean, if you just yeah, kind of running them through like um, uh, the NFL Combine uh, quarterback drills, I I, I think Joe Burrow is probably a better quarterback than Jake Fromm is, but Jake's sporting cast uh, is much. Much better, like yeah. head and shoulders better. Uh, Georgia is better offensively than LSU. Uh, it gives up fewer yards and and fewer points than do the Tigers. Um, it, I, I might I might reconsider this pick if this was a night game, um, which seems kind of a, a, a silly thing to base this on. But I, I think in especially in this stadium that, that makes a difference. Yeah, that's- um, in that this is an afternoon game. Um, you know. That it's in Baton Rouge still makes it kind of tight, uh, but I'm, I'm I think Georgia is is, uh, is is the pick for this one. Uh, finally, and I was I was talking about the weather before night game in Ann Arbor. It could be in the upper 30s by the time this game kicks off. 
Number 15, <laughs> Wisconsin at number 12, Michigan. Uh, Michigan's favored by 7.5. Um, other than needing a parka, Carla, what do, you, what do you think about this one? Gosh, this is a good matchup. Yes. Um, I, you know, I, and, and I'm still even, you know, as I was looking up stuff for this game and, and putting things, you know, and trying to make my decision, I'm, I think I'm going to talk my way into a decision as I'm going. <laughs> okay, I, we'll like, see. I really don't know. Um, you know, Notre, or Notre Dame beat Michigan in yes. the gosh darn it, somebody beat Michigan or beat Notre Dame already. Right. Uh, problem that we're having. Um, and, and we all kind of thought that, you know, this is, you know, maybe this is the beginning of the end for, for the Harbaugh era. Um, you know, we started thinking, you know, what's going on in, in Ann Arbor. Um, Michigan's run the table um, pretty in a convincing fashion as well. But, I, you know, I went back and I looked. And so the teams that they've beaten since the Notre Dame loss are Western Michigan, SMU, a bad Nebraska team this year. Yes. Um, Held on and, and got a win at a very tight game at Northwestern. Um, Barely. Barely. Yeah, by three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Maryland. Mm -hmm. And so I look at Michigan's resume and I say, okay, they, they've done what they're supposed to do against teams that are not as good. We still haven't seen this is this is the first time we've seen Michigan in a real test mm -hmm. since Notre Dame game. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's gonna be really interesting to see if these offensive um, struggles have been fixed. The one thing that didn't need to be fixed, and the stats back it up, is Michigan's defense. Right. They are number one in total defense. Yes. And they are the the top defense in the country going up against the top rusher in the country in Jonathan Taylor. This is strength on strength, which is why this game is really, I, really hard to pick. I have um, the exact same thing written in my notes. Yeah. It, it's, it's true. It's absolutely true. It's, you know, and and I'm and there, here's the funny thing: Wisconsin is number four in rush deep and rush offense. Excuse mm -hmm. me, in the nation. You want to take any stabs as to who one, two, and three are? I just thought this was funny. Top three rush offenses in the country. Rush offenses in the country. I, I, oh, I, um, uh, Army, Georgia Tech, Navy. Yes. Really? Yes. I got them right. Really? You got them right. <laughs> Georgia, Georgia Tech. Is number one. Georgia Tech is number one, Navy's number two, Army's number okay. three. Yeah, okay. it's essentially everybody that runs the triple option. Yes. And and then <laughs> Wisconsin. Which does um, not run the triple option. Which does not run the triple option. They run a, a, a pretty standard offense, but when you've got Jonathan Taylor in your backfield, that's what you do. Um, and, and, and those and those large those large gentlemen up front. Right. Yeah, and and a pretty for, a formidable offensive line um, to to play blocker. It's. That's what makes this game really, really hard hard to pick. You know, I keep looking. You know, both of these teams have dominating wins over Nebraska this year. You go, eh, so what? Um, you know, and, and I hate the line on this game for sure. Um, it, I'm I'm still trying to make up my mind as to who wins this game. I think we have seen this Wisconsin team go up against a solid defense, uh -huh. even though they they've had a relatively weak schedule. But that Iowa game. Mm -hmm. I think might tell us more about this game than anything else in that the Wisconsin offense was able to find a way to score against that really good Iowa defense in a tough environment on the road. On, on, can, on the road yeah. can they do that again in the big house? It's going to be a tougher task. It's a tougher defense that they're going up against, but all they have to do is score a couple of times. I am still not convinced that this Michigan offense is fixed. We don't know. We haven't mm -hmm. seen them go up against a, a, a decent defense and Wisconsin's defense is nothing to scoff at. I mean, mm -hmm. they're decent. They're not, they're in, um, they're in the top 40 in the country in total defense. Um, 
but, but Michigan's playing at home and it's a night game and there's nothing there's you know, talking about an atmosphere. It's cold. It's the big house is October. <sighs> Scani. <laughs> okay. I've been okay. told that that's the, that's the appropriate abbreviation is Scani. Scani I, I, wins it in the fourth quarter on, on a late something. Um, I, field I, goal. Okay. 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 Um, other than being really stoked uh, about the weather for this game, and I'm, <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't underestimate that because I, I really, really am. I hope, I hope there's like, I hope it actually starts snowing. I hope there's snow flurries in this game, um, which is probably not likely, but, but whatever. I, I uh, Michigan, I, I is improved since, and I haven't, I, I grant, I have not sat and watched. Um, since the since the Notre Dame game, um, but I, I, this is a better club than it than it was uh, in Week One, and that's okay. Um, we we knew the defense was going to be good. As it turns out, it's really really good. We expected Michigan's offense to be improved. Um, that's not that's not really the case, and I I, I don't understand why why that's. Um, why that's happening? Shea Pedersen shows up. Um, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about what he, it appears he's comfortable with and what's not. He doesn't appear to be comfortable as a pro style quarterback. He seems to be more effective as he rolls out, um, and that that doesn't necessarily mesh with what what uh, with what Jimmy wants to do uh, mm-hmm. with, with his offenses. Um, so so Michigan's been, been running the ball decently, which is the first time you've been able to say that. Um, in, in a in a traditional sense for a very long time, and but what the, the result of this is uh, Michigan being 81st in the country right now in passing offense, and I'm I'm pretty sure that's not what they had in mind when when they uh, they they recruited Shade Patterson, got him to come to Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin has I, I think a, a much worse loss on its record uh, than than the than Michigan's loss in Notre Dame. But it sort of looks. It, it it feels like that's sort of an aberration. I, I can't I can't explain it. I mean, you know, BYU BYU is not a bad football team. Um, that's not. A, but that's not a game that, that Wisconsin has any business losing at home. Um, since then, uh, against probably better competition than Michigan has faced, the Badgers have figured out. You know, that they have no. They haven't figured out. This is what they do. They run the ball. Uh, they take deep shots, maybe um, uh, you know, opportunity passing uh, uh, passing attempts, but they just bury teams with with the rushing game. It, it not necessarily you know uh, high scoring, um, but it's ball control. Um, it is it is just a, a physical crushing wear you down, and and that that part of the offense ranks uh, second in the country at this point. So. Yeah, they, that's serious. They know what they're doing. You mentioned this is a strength-on-strength mashup. Um, uh, Wisconsin's rush offense versus Michigan's defense. And, and, and the Michigan's defense, I think, is it, you know, it, it started out at, at a pretty good point and it get, gets better every game um, against what kind of competition. Eh, that's debatable. Um, but, man, if Wisconsin gets a lead in this game, um, as I mentioned, uh, even at night, the big house – isn't necessarily the, the kind of atmosphere that you think it is with the 110,000 people. Um, and, and, you know, it, so you take the crowd out of it, uh, it and then you have this unbelievable ball control offense. You just keep that ball forever. 
um, shorten the clock. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think I think the Badgers win this one. Um, guys, you can watch the Carlin Crappy Show for the duration of the college football season, um, which is half over, as we said, by searching Carla and Crappy on uh, YouTube or Facebook. If you prefer to have Carla and Crappy inside your head, man, uh, you'll find the podcast version at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in as well. Um, as uh, you'll you'll see lots of links on your favorite social channels. If you like the show, please rate and review. If you don't. Mind your own damn business. Carla, any final thoughts? Yeah, there are. This doesn't look on, on paper. It doesn't look like it's a, that stellar of a week. There's, you know, the, the, the games that we've talked about here. But there are some sneaky good ones mm -hmm. further down. Um, I'm looking in particular at West Virginia on the road in Ames against an Iowa State team that loves to play the role of spoiler. Yes. Don't sleep just, on that game. They, just, they beat Oklahoma State last they weekend? They beat Oklahoma State, okay. yeah. So, so this is an Iowa State team. Don't sleep on this game because if West Virginia is not ready on the road, they could th that could be an upset special. Mm -hmm. um, just like Indiana has your number, who has Penn State's number? Besides, Besides Ohio State, yes. <laughs> uh, who, has, who has Penn State's number? That would be uh, your Michigan State Spartans. Um, who who tends to give the Penn State fits? Um, so that game is in in uh, State College this weekend, mm -hmm. and then the other one, um, Colorado at USC. Colorado is is ranked. USC is not. But if you look at the line for this game, USC is actually favored. So we'll find out what this oh, Colorado. I, did, I didn't realize USC was favored. Okay. Yeah, so give give that one a, a look. That's a late game, um, so uh, that's AJ's territory. So you know, um, but but yeah, three really sneaky good games down the schedule that you know obviously we didn't have time to talk about, but mm -hmm. it could be an entertaining day on Saturday. Um, I, and I mean, I'll be at, and I'll actually probably be at um, Florida at Vanderbilt. Oh, so very nice, very nice. Yeah. I'll, I'll uh, we'll, uh, hopefully we'll have a, a full scouting report on the Gators and what do, what we expect for them for the rest of the season. Um, if for no other reason, then my nephew will be very happy because he's a freshman there. And he lives. He lives with, like, he can see uh, the swamp from his dorm room. So um, he's been having fun so far. Anyway, uh, college football is always fun, regardless of what's match what the matchups are, are coming. As Carla pointed out, uh, Carla, thank you very much. Yep. Thanks, as always. And happy thank birthday. You. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you guys for watching. Uh, we will be back here next week with, with more fun from the college football uh, universe. We'll talk to you then.